Hey everyone, welcome back to the National Fire Radio Podcast, a podcast that is designed to talk about the job. I'm the luckiest guy alive. I get to interview the coolest people out there in the American Fire Service and talk about the job. Everything from guys riding backwards, officers, chiefs, up through companies, people, manufacturers, products, organizations, you name it. We're trying to capture the stories to promote the job and make the job better. So if you're returning and you're a regular listener, thank you. If you're new to the podcast, check it out and let us know what you think. Podcast at nationalfireradio.com is where you can find us. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the show, people that you think might be a good guest, or anything else that you want to talk about. Send it over to podcast at nationalfireradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. And what we get to do is bring forth the word about the job. But in order to do that, we need the help of some sponsors. So do me a favor, hang tight, and listen to the words from a few of our sponsors. This episode's brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine, truck, or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full-width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family-owned business, Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at boxalarmgrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride. Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his team have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017 with over 200,000 shields in the market. Taylor's Tins is a leader in the American Fire Service helmet front space. Not only do they manufacture helmet fronts, but they do so much more. Locker tags, key chains, CO monitor charts, medical kit charts, pump charts, banquet awards, you name it, they do it. Go over to taylorstins.com and check out what they can offer you today. They've become a longtime sponsor and good friend of the National Fire Radio podcast. And because of that, they offer a promo code at checkout. So when you go to taylorstins.com, Enter NFR sent me. That is NFR sent me, and you'll get 15% off your checked out order. It works on all stock items from taylorstins.com, including quick tins, license plates, locker tags, and much, much more. Exclusions do apply. This is a company that prides themselves on quality and customer service. From the inception, from your design to out the door, it's within 48 hours. Nobody else is doing that. They can't do that. 48 hours to get your shield out the door to you to put it on your helmet and get to the next job. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com. Again, that's taylorstins.com. Check out their latest offerings and use promo code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for 15% off on your checkout. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Hey, everybody, Jeremy, National Fire Radio on the podcast today. Captain Jess Rodzinka, Charlottesville, Virginia, 
This guy got introduced to me by a mutual friend, Andy Sacadato, the the Water Thieves. He was on the show uh, several episodes ago. He's been on a couple times. Super smart when it comes to water supply. Andy reached out and said, hey, I'd like to make a connection, and off you go. Here we are on the podcast today with Jess. Jess, 28 years. Good, man. 28 years in the fire service, 25 years as a career fireman, currently serving as a captain, like I said. But the reason why you're on tonight um, with me is a, is a topic that's of great interest to not just myself, but most people in the fire service. And you offer a class called the senior man, an informal leader of the firehouse. And so that's I'm excited. Correct. Yeah, man, I'm excited tonight to break that down a little bit and hear about what you speak about when, in regards to the senior man, you do travel around the country giving this lecture, um, and so on. So I'm very interested. I haven't sat through it yet, so I don't know the, the bullets of it and, um, and you know, your position and how you roll with it. But I'm excited tonight to learn a little bit myself. But it is a topic that I do speak about every once in a while. So uh, it's going to be a great conversation, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this. Oh, that's awesome, man. So you're a legacy firefighter. You said your father uh, was a firefighter. Your uncle's a firefighter, right? So you're Correct. Co- you come from the lineage of firefighting so how much of an impact was that on you growing up and to put you where you are today on the job oh huge uh you know i can remember as far back as i can playing with fire trucks and you know building firehouses and burning all types of stuff down in my backyard um, through my imagination and then i think it was my dad had to take me to school i was in kindergarten or first grade and on our way to school we had to pass one of the volunteer firehouses and they happened to have a fire that day and he's like, hey, we, you're going to be a little late to school. And I remember him uh, going down the road and we're chasing a fire truck down the road. And and we pull up in this house. It's fire coming out of it on the second floor. And he gets dressed with his spare turnout gear. The fire truck show up and they go to work. And needless to say, I was about three hours late to school that day. But I think that's when the bug hit me. Um, that's one of my most vivid memories. How old were you? Uh, probably five or six. Wow. When I got hooked. And then, I, you know. Then from then on out, it was any time I get to the firehouse or a firehouse around, um, I was always in there trying to, you know, yeah. trying to get as much as I could out of it. You know, I love I love parents that made the fire department part of their children's lives because, like, I try to expose my kids as much as I can. I was exposed to it growing up. My father kind of kept it at like arm's length when I was little. But as we got older, we were more involved, and then obviously we we joined. And I say we because I have two older brothers, and all three of us became firefighters because of my father and, and his love oh, wow. for it. Yeah, pretty cool. So there's three Donch boys um, and, and my father, and at one time we all rode in the same firehouse, which was even more fun. Um, but, uh, you know, but I think it's important because I think the firehouse brings so much to the table in regards to family respect, honesty, integrity, character, and all those things. And and I love exposing my kids to it today um, because every single guy in my firehouse knows who my daughters are and everybody, you know, and my daughters know who everybody is. And and so what that does is it means everybody's dialed into one another. And, um, and I think that's super important. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. The boys, the boys have, you know, obviously there's, there's closer – closer friends than, than there are some, they're the uncles. And, and they've asked, uh, both my sons who five and seven, nice. um, they've asked, why do I have so many uncles? It's either uncle or aunt, yep. whatever, whatever. And, and they, they really show the same characteristics, you know, um, what's the, what's the old, old byline? You can leave a million dollars on the table. You, 
and it'll still be there for another month, but you leave a bottle of ketchup and it's gone yeah. in a matter of minutes. Yeah. I mean, that, that there alone just shows that the integrity of, of firefighters that you can leave that there. And I trust the majority of the guys that I work with, you know, with, with my kids' lives and, and they know them and they know their kids. And it's just kind of a whole big grouping of family that we're, we're kind of just grows on everything. So it's pretty awesome. I, um, it's powerful. It's powerful, yeah. right? Because, like, you know, I think about my kids, and I think about what they're exposed to on the regular. You know, guys stopping by the house. We stop by the firehouse if the doors are up, you know, and I'm driving yep. by. Like, and it's it's always, like, everything kind of revolves around the fire service. And it's funny because I have friends within the firehouse, and then I have friends that know nothing about the fire service. But I can tell you this. It's two very separate groups of friends, and I think, well, my friends that don't know anything about the fire service don't listen to the podcast, so I can say this. My firehouse friends are a hell of a lot more fun and dynamic yep. than my than my not-so-fire friends, and it's funny because there's such a disconnect between the two groups, and my friends that are outside the firehouse, they just don't understand how I can relate to an 18-year-old kid or a 70-year-old man and everybody in between, and it's because age doesn't matter. But that's right. If you're outside of the institution, you have no idea how it works. It looks like it wouldn't work, but actually it works really well. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty the, like we'll have, we have the garage door open that dumps out onto the road of our neighborhood. And it's one of those things, the doors open, you're always welcome. There's always food, food in the kitchen and uh, beer in the, the fridge outside. And, and, and the boys have grown up on that um, yes. ever since, you know, as a baby, just people are always in and out, especially with the weather getting nicer. Um, it's it's a regular thing where it's kind of nice having having a couple guys that are on the job at diff- different departments that live in the neighborhood. You know, we'll stop there and we'll, it'll one thing you know, one thing starts to know. The next thing we know, we're having dinner out in the driveway. Fire pit fire, you know, gets gets fired up. Yep. And it, by the next time we turn around, everybody's got to go to bed because it's eight thirty. I, so it, it shows I, that community also. Yeah, man. And and I think that's what makes it so good, right? And I think that that's what's missing, though, in a lot of places. You know, there's a lot of firehouses, yeah. whether career or volunteer, that the people don't socialize together. They don't get together. They don't learn who each other are. They don't buy into one another on a personal level. And it's strictly a, a firehouse or professional level, if you will. And I think that that's where you start missing out. And I, I think that that really kind of slides right into the whole senior man conversation, right? Because, yeah. you know, we, it's the senior man is like your, like your, uh, like your class says, it's the, it is the informal leader, right? It's not on paper. It's not a position that exists on any chart or any, you know, any graph or chart or, or listing or guideline or bylaw. There's nothing in there about the senior man. Right. 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 And that's, and that's one of the things that we, we talk about in the class is that you, you may be 28 years in the firehouse. That doesn't make you the senior guy. The, the, the guys and girls in the firehouse are going to make you the senior man. Just because you've been there a long time doesn't mean that, that, that you should be, that's granted upon you. Like some of the best senior men are not the senior guys in the firehouse. They're the, they're the guys that are a few years younger than that guy or girl Why? in the firehouse. Why? Break that down for me. So if you look at it, and, and this is something that I've noticed and listen to people talk, um, which we'll have to come back to communication, which is sure. I think that's why the firehouse is kind of more sterile than it has been in the past. Um, but the if you look at some of the senior guys that I've, I've not only talked to but been around, um, they're the senior guys by, by not only tenure, but by age. And 
they were kind of granted that and people just didn't mess with him. Oh, he's the senior guy. He can't, you know, he doesn't do dishes or he's a senior guy. He doesn't mop the floor. Well, that's, that's all well and good, but that does, doesn't make you a senior guy. That just makes you a 28 year lazy dude. That's just sitting on the couch or sitting around the, around the, uh, the recliner watching TV. So then you, you know, so there's a distinction then between longevity and senior. A hundred percent. Cool. Keep 100%. going. Keep going. So if, if you have, like say, if you have longevity, that's, that's awesome. I, you know, you've, you've pretty much been doing things the way we all dream about doing things, you know, the three quarter boots or the, the three quarter boots and the long coats. You know, we, we look at that, like you've done that. That's pretty cool. But, but, to, but to adapt and overcome what the way the fire service is changing now, you need to have that, that the credibility with the longevity that you've been there to maintain that, that status as a senior guy, you know, stepping up and helping with dishes or, or, you know, I can, you know, I can hold a broom just like the rest of them can. It works just fine. Um, that kind of puts you out there as a leader and a senior guy. And if you look like you always want to lead from the front, you see all you see all the memes and the and the pictures and the quotes and all sorts of stuff. But until you actually do it and put put yourself out there by doing it, um, that's that's how you kind of escalated that point of the senior firefighter. Like you're the go-to guy for finding information or or how things work or how to do something or you know, as simple things like, like we're finding out how to make, how to make tea, how to make the, the tea properly every day. What do you guys um, have sweet tea there in Virginia? Um, Is that uh, what you're talking it, about? It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't make it. I'm not a, I'm not a really sweet tea drinker, but they make like, it's like two tea bags, these huge tea bags and like nine cups of sugar. <laughs> it, I, I like, we carry it. I think the ambulance carries it with them all the time. Sometimes we run out of a little pick me up. Run out of D25. I'm not hundred percent sure. Well, listen, man, I know one, before we even get on any more of the topic of a senior man, the sweet tea I know is a very important thing and highly protected, right? The recipe is highly protected. I mean, you giving that away right now in a podcast might be grounds for uh, punishment. I think sanctions put against you. That's, that's all I know. I Uh, I know that as an officer now, I know the directions where they're at in case somebody (laughs) needs them, but I don't read them because I don't make it. It's the junior guy's job. Um, They're taught that when they come to the firehouse. That's one of their day one things. Um, It's kind of, that's one of the traditions that came back in our firehouse over the last several years was the, the new junior guy makes the, makes the tea every day and he makes the tea until he gets another junior guy. Then he passes that, that recipe down to that guy. I love that. I love it. Which is, which is a small tradition that kind of, that picked back up over the last several years when we started, we started developing these senior guys in our firehouse. How did that so, wait? Okay. That's cool. So how did that get picked back up? So it lost its traction for a while. It did. And we started, and, and this goes back to the, you know, the, how the firehouse has become a more sterile place. Um, I know we went from um, general population sleeping to individual rooms Okay, um, in our firehouse, um, both, be, both, both politically and, and reasons, we all know why. Um, so you have the, you have your privacy now. People people started to realize like they can go escape there, which is it is nice. Don't get me wrong, but still, I, you're getting a lot of you're getting more individuality in, out of that, not more of the cohesive family unit in there. So it kind of started disappearing a little bit. So then we came in, and it all started with a class we took. Several of us took this class a few years ago. And we wanted to get company pride. We we're kind of in a lull in, in the fire department I work at and at the firehouse, not necessarily the fire department itself, but the firehouse. And, and we got together 
And we were like, how are we going to come out of this? So we took this class and the guys, the guy was, I can't remember what class it was, but he's talking like, let's come up with, you guys need to come up with a station patch, you know, bring morale up. So we started getting together. We got the station patch. Well, then we developed this patch and, and this design that we all came, that we all decided as the firehouse. And then we were like, well, how are you going to earn, you can't just buy this patch. So how are you going to earn it? Well, it has to be, you have to earn this, this, the patch to the patch, the coin, the shirts, the clothes, all the swag. You have to earn that stuff. Well, how do you do that? Well, well, let's start with as simple as making tea. And that's how it kind of came around. So that's, so somebody, one of the tea guys that really knew how to make sweet tea, um, wrote the recipe down and typed it out and literally it gets handed off. Um, every, cool. every time a new person comes in. So I love that. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's something simple, right? But it's like, you know, it's almost, I know in that Southern culture, right? That the, the sweet tea is always available or some type of brew, right? I know like in yep. Houston, Texas, I remember we were at 68s with Mo Davis and, and Mo's driver had uh, his brew and he was the guy that made it. And it was always available in a jug and it was for everybody to drink. And I don't think anybody knew the recipe, but him. And so, yeah. you know, it's like that staple and it's like, it's something informal, but like there's such a formal process to it that that is exactly, I think something like that, the sweet tea in the firehouse represents the senior man. It's the very much the same thing. It's this informal yet formal position, yep. right? Or That's thing. Exactly. Yeah. I love That's that. Exactly right. That's this, cool. It goes, same, same goes with the coffee in the firehouse. Yeah. You know? Right. Exactly. I remember growing up, everybody had like, not not so much now, but everybody either smoked cigarettes or drank coffee. You had to do one of the two to be in the fire department, I think. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up. I love, and, dude, I love smoking cigarettes, by the way. I haven't smoked in 16 years. I haven't had, I haven't, I quit 16 years ago, pack a day at least. Camel lights, I loved. I still, when I smell people smoking, I kind of like drool a little bit. Like, I'll never go back to it. But man, there was nothing. I thought I was so cool hanging out, you know, hanging in the fire truck with a cigarette butt hanging out of my mouth. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. That was, and that was, I speaking, I remember going to the firehouse and, and like, you would, you would, I would, short and when i was younger i was short enough i'd get underneath the haze of, of cigarettes smoking yeah, in the lounge exactly at the firehouse yes. like, what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah we had those stand-up ashtrays next to the chairs yeah. they were the That's ashtrays right. were two feet tall and, yeah and you would just smoke butts in the firehouse and flick your yeah. ash in this ash can the ash can would catch fire every month because there's so much shit in the bottom of it yeah right oh yep. my god but those that are the was, memories man like i yeah. remember that stuff so and, and then and then we go back to it. I mean, because obviously we're looking at things in the firehouse to make us healthier, so we're working out. So that doesn't happen anymore. You know, that was something everybody could get to kind of gather around. I guess like a club thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I never did it. So I was I was around it a lot, but never never actually uh, partake in any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right, right. But yeah, it's, it was one of those things that that now we have this the coffee. Everybody drinks the coffee. Like we've got the younger group that likes all the 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 fancy coffees and stuff like that, but still. You know, a good a good cup of black coffee is is what everybody kind of gets drawn to throughout the day, and it's you know two or three pots a day goes through. And I think and there's then, yeah, it's also the the process of it, right? It's like the junior guy's making it; he's got responsibility, so he's making it. And then yeah. the senior guys come through, and whether they want a cup or not, they're probably going to have one just to test the junior kid to make sure that he made it and it's okay. And if it's not okay, they're going to let him know. It's kind of the informal ribbing, right, the ball busting that goes on. And then the, right. the pot's always there, and it's always warm. 
And so it is there when you need an afternoon pick-me-up, but, like, it's the process of it. I yep. love that you guys, like, recognize this, though, that, like, you guys didn't have some of these things in place, and so you decided years ago to kind of bring it all back, no? Yeah, and that's what we did, and that's and it's slowly it it's taken a lot it's taken a long time to get there sure it's 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 we're at a kind of a point now where it's kind of like on cruise control where each shift is kind of doing their own thing obviously three different shifts in our firehouse there's three different things going on but but there's still a constant of like that that sweet tea or right. or the coffee that one of those two things or both are made for the day it's usually a junior guy doing it or learning something about it to learn how to pass that on. Yeah. And I also believe too, and I said this the other day when we were doing an episode or I, I was speaking somewhere, I said, you know, I've, I've come to realize like culture can't be forced. It has right. to be organic, which means it takes time. Like you can't create culture overnight. And so, you know, with that comes a year, two years, four years, then it turns into eight, 10, 12 years. And before you know it, that culture is very much entrenched. And that sweet tea is no longer something that we do. It's something we always have done, you know? And it's like when people start coming in and you get new guys to the company that didn't know life before sweet tea, right? Or life, you know, without sweet tea, then that's all they know when they come in. And when they come in, they go, oh, sweet tea is part of the culture here. I got to make sure I learn how to make it. I got to make sure yep. it's here. And then that's how culture is formed. Yes. The, the thing that we found, um, we found through the last several recruit academies we've done, and I think we we ran seven in the last seven or eight in the last uh, five or six years that we've had to explain the why. And that's that's one of the things that that we that we've really had to dive into, because some of these people coming in, both male and female, have no clue about either sweet tea or drinking sweet tea. Sure. So you've got to explain the why of like why we're doing things, you know, not only with sweet tea or the coffee, but like why we do certain things on the fire ground or on the fire truck or on the apparatus floor or in the office or on the scene. We've got to explain that because they they literally some of them, you know, could be a vegetable farmer on Friday and, and Monday they're in fire Academy and learning about the job and everything that we're passionate about. But the ones of us that are there, you know, passing this on are passionate about and, and trying to project that, that passion. So, and, yeah. And lead so, that passion on. so what are your thoughts on the why, right? Your program. I mean, I got to believe the senior man program that you do, you talk about the younger generation and the younger yep. generation certainly asks more questions than the generation prior and the generation prior to them. So the why, right? I mean, I just wrote it yep. down in big letters on my pad, the why. What do you, how do you talk about that? So we talk about the why, and the why is different for everybody. And it kind of, to take a step back, I had to look at myself and figure out what I was doing internally and do a self-reflection and figure out my why. And my why has changed, especially in the last seven and a half years, since I've had a child and now two of them and two, two boys that, that may or may not be in the fire service. I don't know the, uh, the, the youngest one, he's all about fire trucks. The oldest one is not. So if they, they become firefighters, but I want to leave the, the job better for them when they get there. So they don't have the struggles or, or the struggles that I had coming into it sure. and, and the understanding that, that they have for the job when it, when they come to that, but isn't, but isn't part of that – so that's an interesting way you just put that. Let's unpack that for a second. Sure. You just said that you don't want them to have the same struggle you had. Yes. I find that 
I find I'm starting to struggle with that. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Not you. I'm not you. I'm not singling you out. But I spoke right. last Friday night. I did a keynote about this. And I talked about how I have created entitlement for my children. We, every generation always wants to do their kids better. Right. Yes. So we so we do more for them. We protect them more. We provide more. We do more for them. Right. But yes. in return, are we softening them? Are we creating this level of entitlement? And so I wonder, I wonder that the more like exposing your children to the firehouse, but like, you know, doing it in a way that they understand the respect and the and the importance of it. And so that if my daughter, like my daughter, Lily, is she's 15 at 16 if she wants to join the volunteer fire department as a junior firefighter she can but she also knows that there's a a real serious line that it's one thing to be my daughter and joke around with everybody it's another thing that when you come in at 16 as a member all that stuff kind of disappears and you need to walk this line of a probationary junior member in the fire company and that you you're not buddy buddy with everybody anymore in a way Right. And I and I, yeah. I wasn't like when I grew up, I wasn't buddy buddy with everybody in the firehouse. I knew who everybody was and they knew who I was. But it's not the relationship like my kids have with a lot of these guys today. And so, yeah. you know, so I wonder, like you said, I don't want them to have the same struggle. I wonder if and, and there's no fault to you, like any parent, you always want to do more for your kids. But I wonder if that's part of the disconnect that's happening more and more today in the fire service is that because of these different generations, it's generational and we're trying to protect the next generation, right? And we're not doing anything that we think is detrimental and not on purpose to soften them. But man, I think we're softening them. No, I, I, yeah, I don't disagree. I think that, I think that we've, we've, come to a, a point where we're getting such an influx hmm. and if you, you travel as much as i do you know everybody's having the same problems what 100 problem no we're not getting paid enough we're doing more with less and the people that were the, the pot of people we're picking from is getting smaller and smaller so it try to explain that to them and what i meant easier for them i want them to understand the fire service that i came into that i grew up with yeah good where we came from versus and understanding where we came from and how we got to where we're at more so that, to make it easier for them to understand, not, not soften them up necessarily, got it. but, but mainly soften them up because I'm providing a lot of information for them that, that I wasn't given mm-hmm. that I had to go research and find out. I mean, I look across the room right now, but I've you put in the work then, books. right? See that yeah. that's the thing though, because you, you found a love for it and your love consisted of you pushing yourself to learn more on your terms. And I wonder, I wonder when we give everything to everybody all the time and people aren't working for it anymore, are they as in love with it? Do they, do they feel this, the same burning passion you have for it? Right? Like that's what I, I would love to unpack this conversation some more in my own head after we get off this call tonight, after this episode, because I think that like, there's something there. I think that, I think that it's important that, you know, I, I spoke about it. I said, everybody wants it fast and easy, not long and hard. Yeah. Right. Everybody wants yep. it now and they want it as easy as possible. Nobody exactly. wants to work for it, but the fire service requires you to put in the hard work. You cannot learn firefighting without falling down, without getting hurt, without getting kicked in the teeth. Right. It It is a That's process right. that takes a long time 
to master if you can even master it. Right. And so, and so that's the interesting thing is that the fire service will always be long and hard. The fire service will never be easy and fast. Right. It just can't be. It just can't be. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anderson Rescue Solutions. Anderson Rescue Solutions was founded in 2016 by former Philadelphia firefighter Tim Anderson. As an urban firefighter and rescue specialist, Tim found that the equipment available to him lacked the usability and practicality in complex high-stress environments that rescuers often found themselves in. To combat this, he developed products based on his own experiences in the field, creating innovative, efficient gear designed to thrive in reality. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap is a perfect example of one of these products. Made in America, this patented tool is used for rapidly harnessing firefighters or civilians in the worst conditions. Every feature is fine-tuned to meet the needs of rescuers battling low visibility, low dexterity, and high stress. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap has been used in numerous real-world rescues for both firefighters and civilians all across the country, and it is being increasingly adopted by fire, rescue, and tactical agencies as standard issue equipment. I carry one. I have carried one for many years. It is the most versatile strap out there. Check it out. The Multi-Loop Rescue Strap by Anderson Rescue Solutions. Tim Anderson, the owner and proprietor of Anderson Rescue Solutions, has become a dear friend. In fact, he's even been on the podcast several episodes ago dropped incredible information he's super passionate about the fire service about special operations and he has built an incredible company an incredible product so because of our great relationship with tim and anderson rescue solutions if you go to andersonrescue.com you'll get 10 percent off if you use the promo code nfr2023 that's nfr2023 at checkout on andersonrescue.com you'll get 10 percent off your order and do me a favor go over to their social media and check out facebook instagram and youtube for weekly news product info and other content in regards to anderson rescue solutions this episode's brought to you by Flame Decon. Developed specifically for firefighter decon, Flame shampoo, body wash, and soaps reduce your risk of getting occupational cancer. Live fire testing shows that carcinogens on your skin after a fire are removed and undetectable after using Flame. Flame Decon has made a product that not only does its job and does it well, but that you'll enjoy using. They smell amazing. They make your skin and hair feel great. I will be an absolute witness to that. I have used the product. Tara and I have known each other for quite some time. She has sent us product. We have used it, and it does take that smell of soot and smoke off of you immediately following a shower. It makes a difference. You can find Flame Decon products at flamedecon.com and use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. That's promo code NFR for 15% off your first order at flamedecon.com. And for departments that are interested in departmental orders, more than one or two pieces of product, you can reach out to Tara directly at Tara at flamedecon.com. She's happy to entertain any inquiries that you have. And this made me think departments need to protect their own and protecting our own is also after the fire. Chiefs, purchasing managers, look into Flame Decon as a way of protecting our firefighters in and out of the firehouse. 
So check out Flame Decon at flamedecon.com. Use promo code NFR for 15% off your first order. So we have to make sure that the process of the people coming in, too, is long and hard. We have to make it difficult for them in a way. But I mean that in a good way. I don't want people listening going like, oh, you don't want to make it hard, you know, this and that. But no, but you want people to feel like they've earned it. You want people to feel like they've put in the amount of hustle, drive, and determination it takes to feel accomplished so that when they finish their probie school, they finish the fire academy, and they come to the firehouse they're feeling a sense of, of fulfillment and gratification yes. that they've done everything they've needed to do and have done well to get where they are. That's exactly right. And I think, I think those small little victories that they get will help them get those building blocks of confidence and, and feel of accomplishment um, through, the, through the fire service career, yeah. finding those small things. But, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's one of, and again, you have to, we have to communicate that and set our expectations up for that. And if we don't do that in the firehouse, um, communicate that properly with the expectations properly, then they're just going to sit there and be a bump on the log. That's right. And then now you turn around and look and you're like, holy shit, uh, I've been here five years. I really haven't done anything but ride the back step of a fire truck. I haven't really, I really looked at, at maybe being a driver or maybe you know going to paramedic school or hazmat school or tech rescue school or whatever. We got yeah, work to do, man. The the guys yeah. that are there, the five-year man, the 10-year man, I think they're the most important people in the firehouse because they can relate to the new kids still coming in, but they have enough experience under their belt and enough time in that house or company to understand what the expect, expectations are. And 1, that, that five to 10-year man, I mean, just instrumental in what the fire service should be built on. A hundred percent. I don't disagree with that at all. That's where we need to focus all our stuff on because not only you're looking at the five to 10 year guy, but, but as far as like the, if you look at the fire service as a business aspect, they're vested now yes. in some, in some places and then they could bounce if you want to. So, so we've got to look at that and be like, all right, well, you know, not, not to put it, but in layman's terms, but you know, shit or get off the pot. I want you to stay around and just hang out and, and be one of the better, firefighters growing into a good good officer uh from the senior fire firefighter spot to help grow the fire service yeah because because we're not going to be around much longer to do this you know yeah so how do how do i know i'm the senior man because the firehouse mm-hmm. the firehouse is going to tell you talk about there, that you, so yeah you can't you can't just go in and just bust through the door on Say it's your it's your your seventh year reunion or anniversary or whatever out of your recruit academy class. The firehouse is going to tell you that you're the senior man. They're going to start looking at you, um, coming to you for questions. You know, questions about daily activities, how to log time in, how to where where cleaning assignment where cleaning supplies are, how to you know check apparatus. And if you're in an area that gets a lot of snow, um, we we're hit or miss on snow, but we have to have, you know, every year, two or three times a year, we look at how to put on tire chains. That's the guy that's going to know how to do that. You know, the saw's not running properly. He may have knowledge on where to or how to send the saw off to get it properly worked on. This is going to be the go-to guy for everything, not only equipment, but, but the leader, they're going to come down the captain or the officer for the day or career volunteer. If you're the duty officer is going to come to like to make sure stuff gets done. The guys underneath this gentleman or woman are going to look at that and be like, wow, the captain's going in for this stuff. This may be the guy to go to if I have something 
to if I have a question about something, you know, report writing. That's a big thing that we've been going through recently in our job is, is making sure reports are done properly. And we've got a lot of a lot of those five or ten year guys that are that are setting their own classes up and making sure the junior guys are know are know how to properly write a report, both fire and EMS now. Um, but it's it's done by the firehouse. It's not any one thing. You're not there's no like wand from the witch of the east that comes down and grants you the the senior man thing. It just happens. Yeah, it I, turns around like. Yeah, I wonder. Like, I wonder if the senior, the guy that gets coined the senior man, even realizes he is the senior man in the beginning, right? Like he he doesn't mm. like like the story that I have. I I was looking one day. I wasn't promoted yet, but I was by tenure the the senior guy in the fire service. One of the one of the guys that have been there in the fire service, not necessarily at the fire department that long, that I work at currently, but in the fire service are all the longest. And I, I looked at him, and I, I, everybody was asking me questions, and the captains were coming to me like, make sure stuff gets done. And then it was a realization that I had been put in that position. I literally went from the first day of my tour, knucklehead, to a know-it-all on the second day of my tour. And here I am the, as the senior guy, and I was kind of thrust to that position on the podium. So, I mean, it just happens. You don't really look like it. You don't really look for it. It just kind of happens that way. And is that you kind of have? Is that what kind of pushed you to write this program because you got thrusted into that position, whether you were ready or not? I yes and no because by this time I'd taken a bunch of officer level classes, leadership classes, and they were all preparing me for or preparing everybody in that class for that right front seat. Or when you get out of that right front seat, going to a battalion chief buggy or to a fire chief spot. But nobody really talks about this informal leader where everybody's kind of really looking to. And if, and if you sit back and look at it, this is the guy, the kind of guy or girl that kind of runs the firehouse. Yeah. On the day to day operations. And there was no class for that. So I'm starting to kind of write notes down and jot stuff down in a notebook. And then um, unfortunately lost one of one of the senior guy in our firehouse, the one that everybody kind of went to on all three shifts went to. We lost him in 2018. Um, to job-related cancer, mm. and when he went, all his knowledge went with him. Yeah. And as by this time, I've been thrust in the senior man position. I would go to him for anything, and now I can't call him up. I can't text him to get information. All that knowledge is lost with him. So I wanted to I wanted to write a program and and, and develop de- develop and deliver this program to to give to people. So like if they realize they're in this position or they feel like they're in this position, or if they don't even have this position around. This is just kind of something that's done. They don't know what to call it or whatever. They can look at this this information that we go over um, and be like, well, all right, now I have some type of foundation I can look at and and grow from to give you that. I mean, we don't give you I don't give you everything because it's all individual. But but you know, we talk about talk about communication, confidence, the personal interaction, the communication. Uh, stuff like that that you deal with on an, on a daily basis in the firehouse. Well, you mentioned communication earlier and you said you wanted to come back to it. I put a, a underlined it, yep. circled it. Right. So what do you want to say about communication? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, I've had to learn in the last eight years or so how to communicate with people differently. And by, I mean this by like the younger generation talks way different than we do. And anybody over over the age of 35, this is who I'm talking to because they have words and sentences that I have no idea what's going on. So as a newly promoted officer in, in the on the engine, my driver was 20, 
two at the time and the back step firefighter um she's a pair or paramedic on the engine she's 24 and they were having a conversation and jeremy i, I swear to you we went nine <laughs> blocks i don't think they said a full sentence and then the driver looks over at me and goes, what do you think, Cap? And I'm like, I have no idea what you said. But they're coming up with, with, with slang terms. So you've got you've to learn that. Not learn it like, no, like a second language, but you've got to understand what they're saying. And learning how to communicate and what kind of, what kind of, what, what turns them on and lights them, you know, sparks their fire every day. You've got to learn how to do that because, because this generation is different. And we, you hear this all the time in every podcast you go to that all the firefighters are different nowadays. The firefighters, they, yeah, they're a little different, but they're just, it's, it's just a different generation. They are learning differently. They're speaking differently. They're still the same good hearted blue collar firefighter, male or female. They just sound differently than you do. They don't, they may not like the music you like, or they may not talk the way you do, but learning how to communicate and bridge that gap of communication with the generations is where we've had to come and where I've personally had to grow um, and learn how to communicate. But yeah, I mean, well, pretty mind blowing. Well, you just literally said the title of my class, Bridging the Gap, you know, mm. pre preserving tradition and culture one generation at a time. And, yeah. you know, and the thing is, though, is what we do is we always put our generation on a pedestal. And so it, we, we always are protective of what we know as the word of God. And so the next generation, when they are a little bit different, they communicate a little bit different. They act a little bit different. Their morals, ethics, and values might skew a little bit different than mine. They might be, you know, more, uh, you know, more willing to try different things, put themselves out there, be a little more vulnerable, like all of that. The one thing we can't do is vilify that. We, we can't look at them and say that they're, that they are different than us. They are different, but not in a bad way. They're different right. because they grew up in a different time with different influences and resources that were available to them that weren't available to me, you know? Yes. And so, you know, you have to respect that. And any boss, whether it's the informal senior man position or a line officer, a company officer, it doesn't matter. You better buy into your people. And if your people are 22 and 24 riding your back step, you better you better work at figuring out who they are and what makes them tick, like you said, because you have to. It's yep. required of you. You cannot write them off just because they're a little bit different than you are. That's just like the senior guys, the year, the, the generation prior to those guys writing them off when they came into firehouse. And that's bullshit. But we can't do that. The job isn't changing per se, whether career or volunteer, the people are changing. And what we yes. have to do is find ways to communicate between the different generations so that the output is the same. The input's different. Mix it all yep. up in the bag and throw it out on the table. It's all the same. We That's have right. to work harder today to figure that out than ever before. Yes, and and we found, and we found that that we have to bringing it up because so you, I'm talking to you now as an officer, I have to look look at it differently a little bit. But but you hear people complaining. I'm like, well, have you talked to them about why they why they are the way they are or why they said the way they they said whatever they said. And and nine times out of ten, the answer is no. I haven't really thought about that. Nobody wants to put in the work. Do. And I'm like, wait a second. We, there we go. Go back to putting in the work. And I'm like, well, maybe you should ask them 
what's going on in their life or why they feel that way, um, they may have a valid reason. So one of the things that we try to do around the, the kitchen table, which is the great equalizer, the kitchen table, ratchet straps, and come-alongs are the great equalizer of the fire service. We, we have to teach people how to talk instead of looking on the phone and texting each other back and forth, you know, across, across the kitchen. Um, we have to teach them how to talk and teach them how to communicate, teach them how, like, yeah, so-and-so likes this, this, and this because that's where they came from. You know, they grew up in this, this era and area of, 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 the, of the Commonwealth that that's what was normal for them. Now you've got to learn, not learn about it, but respect where they came from and pick up a little bit of knowledge from them. And by that, by doing that, people are getting along a lot easier and, and that gaps and that generational gaps being bridged just as it's a long time. hundred percent. But, but here's the thing, right? And this is what I think is interesting to just bring it back around to the topic of conversation, which is the senior man is the senior man has to work pretty hard at making and bridging these gaps, right? And that he has to dial into his people. He has to know what's making his people tick. He's got to feel the tempo of them coming in the firehouse in the morning or in the volunteer firehouse coming in on a training night or for a call. He needs to know their kids' names, their spouses. They need to know what makes them tick. They need to know how they're doing, where they are, right? These are all important things. And if you decide to write people off because they're – different, younger, they look different, they smell different, they talk different, whatever it is. If you decide to write them off because of that, there is no human way you can relate with them. You can't. A hundred percent. And, and, and by doing that, you know, and that all comes, comes around with getting involved with each other, both on duty and off yeah. duty. Yes. By finding out, you know, we've, we've started, once again, we started something new just this year is after we work a three-day tour, so one-on, one-off, one-on, one-off, one-on, then we get a four-day break. And our four day, first day of our four-day break, we all go to breakfast. You know, we invite people. You can make it or you don't make it. If you don't make it, everybody understands you don't make it. I mean, you don't, can't make everything. But you go out and we just go and we, we find out about each other. How's everybody doing? You know, your personal life. How's your girlfriend, wife, boyfriend, whatever it may be. We, sure. we talk about that. What That's hobbies great. do you get like there's some dudes out there that have some pretty crazy hobbies and you really start finding out about them. And you're like, Holy shit. That's, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. And then, then by doing all that, you can look at them. Like you said before, when they're coming into work and, and Bobby looks a little rough coming in, you're like, Hey man, you all here today. And he's like, dude, I had a rough night, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. goes on. You're like, well, maybe you shouldn't be at work today. or You shouldn't be here volunteering your time. Maybe that's when the senior guy pulls him aside and is like, Hey, you need to make a decision because you're, I got to rely on you and you That's have to right. rely on me That's right. on this one. And if, if you're not there today, I'd rather you be home or somewhere else where you need to be. And that's, that's happened a couple of times. It's a tough conversation to have. Well, and then it's that, conversation that leads have. me to the other, the other side of the coin. And I wrote this down. It's, I literally wrote this down. It says in the bottom of my pad, the other side of the senior man. When yep. we start talking about having to have the hard conversations, I think maturity re, maturity is important, and you need to be able to have those hard conversations with people. You need to have empathy. You need to have feelings. You need to have a, a, a good moral compass. Like These are all things that senior men or women, right, need to have yep. in the firehouse, right? And so... You know, that's why you're right. Age doesn't matter. It's it's level of experience, maturity, 
and and people skills, I think, are all things that make and lead up to the person that is the informal leader, the one that has a very strong voice, the one who can get things done, make people say they're sorry, make people make up, whatever it takes. But, man, it takes a certain individual, and you have to be able to do the hard shit. Yeah, and that's and you have to have that hard conversation going both directions of the ladder. If you if you're having a if you're having a shitbag officer, lieutenant, captain, whatever, you'd be able to sit that that person down as a senior firefighter professionally, you know, respecting the rank and position, but also coming at him with honesty, all the things all the things you mentioned, honesty, yeah. empathy, mm-hmm. and understanding to come there and be like, hey man, you're you're really messing up and pissing dudes off. And and that's a hard thing to do to be in that position to be able and, to have and he still has to hold his people together. Yeah. Yeah, right. And and having that conversation both up and down is is a tough thing to do. Uh, personally, from experience, it's it's really hard to sit in there, and, and you got to have a couple of gulps of water to be like, "Here we go, this is this is the boat we we've been put on. Now we have to ride it." So it's, but having that empathy is something that I don't feel a lot of the senior officers have much because of their promote the way they've been promoted or how they've been promoted at that scene. Yeah. I think empathy, empathy is a very interesting conversation. And I think people that are dialed into their people, people that make effort, right? Like if I choose to know who Jess Rudzinka is and I learn who you are and your two boys, five and seven, right? I mean, I've been listening, right? And, yeah. and I know that you keep your garage door up and, you know, the beer is out in the fridge outside and, and the food's always in the kitchen or in the fridge, right? Like, things you said. Like, I'm sitting here for the last 45 minutes listening to you and understanding who you are. And you know what? It matters. People have to dial into one another. And I think if you make the effort to learn who the people are on your shift, who your firefighters are, who your officers are, and everybody in between – and you make that effort to learn who they are in the job and outside the job, if you make that effort, you're going to have some empathy towards them. Empathy 100%. is so important. 100%. And, that, and then it all goes back around the conversation we started with. It, it's work. Every day you've got to go in as the senior man, the junior man, the junior man aspire to be the senior man, whatever it is, and put work into the firehouse. Not only learning your craft, but learning about the people that that are hopefully passionate about your craft sure. that you want to learn more about 100 percent. so it's all that work it's it's it, it consumes your day and may consume more than just your day of a, of a 24 12 or 24 hour tour that you're doing but but it also may consume your off time too people matter conversations and stuff like that people matter and i i, I yeah. can't believe that anybody wants to be in a place whether it's a job or you're volunteering your time who wants to be in a place with people that you don't enjoy? Yep, that's right. Right, and I'm not that's saying right. I'm not saying kumbaya. We're gonna get along with everybody all the time. No, you're gonna butt heads. You're gonna find people that you cannot get along with. You're gonna find people that you do not want to hang out with outside of the fire. I get all that. Like that's just reality, yep. right? But you got to give it a shot. You can't yeah. write somebody off because you're you're 52 and he's 24 and he speaks a different language on the back that's step. Right. You have to dial in, and you know what? It's not the 24-year-old's responsibility to reach you. You have to put in some work, too, and you guys have to find that common ground. You both have to put in the work to find a solution that works for both of you. That's exactly right. And 
and it takes time, but you could see it's, it's been pretty interesting um, watching people grow in the firehouse over the last couple of years in our firehouse. And then all of a sudden you see the light bulb kick one day and they're like, holy shit, like I can really get into this guy because he said whatever about something, maybe a, a, a band, yeah, a, a rock band or something like that, that they, that they both like. And they didn't know they both liked it until they started talking to each other about other things other than being in a firehouse. And then when that light bulb hits, like, holy shit, you know, Tommy can talk to Johnny now and Johnny can talk back to Tommy. You're like, wait a second. And that's when it all comes together, you know, and, and everything kind of that, everything kind of goes a lot better at work when everybody's getting along. Yeah. You're not going to have, everybody's not going to get along hundred percent of the time. And we're a family, just like a normal family in, in, in the world. Now we don't get along, but still, um, it, it makes things a lot easier. It makes you want to stay at work and come into work. You know, I'm excited to go to work tomorrow morning. There you go. Well, how do you, let me ask you this with your presentation, the senior man, right? The informal leader of the firehouse. How do you kind of wrap up your presentation? Like what do you leave it on a high note? Like things are good. We're in a good place. You got to put the work in. Like what, what's your message at the end of it? So at the end of it, it's, it's no matter. So I kind of wrap everything up. We kind of go over like review, um, like go back through the communication, the culture, establishing that 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 um, informal hierarchy in the firehouse. You know, we talk about the pride again in the firehouse, taking ownership into your job and your craft by learning and training every day with the same people. And then we figure out that that no matter how big or small your company is, whether it be an engine company, ladder company, rescue company, ambulance, firehouse, fire department, whatever it may be. Um, the senior guy is the one that can bring everybody together that that kind of holds the ship together, whether it be on one end of the one end of the ship or the other end of the ship. But that guy can also stop the sinking ship if it is sinking and brings it back up, brings it afloat by by working on those small little steps, the hierarchy, the 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 ownership, the pride back in your firehouse, the communication issues. You know, by simple conversation, you can you can cure a lot of things just by saying, Hey man, what's up today versus, versus, Oh, Johnny's not feeling well. So I'm not going to talk to him. He's a piece of shit type thing. Well, we got to have an environment that wants people to buy into their people. Right. So like you, we have 100%. to buy into each other. We have to buy into the department and then the department has to buy into us. Right. Yep. And you can't have good fluid conversation, whether from the top down or the bottom up, if there's not a buy-in on all levels. And I think, you know, obviously communication's always one of the biggest issues when there's a breakdown because whenever there's a breakdown with anything, you look at what the, one of the main causes is and it's always communication. We don't, yep. we don't communicate enough. We, don't, we need to over-communicate because everybody listens and hears differently. And so what you're saying in one way, somebody might need to hear it a different way to get the same result. And so it takes work, right? We got to do the work, put the work in to get the message across. I need Jess Rodzinka to ask me how I'm doing today. I need yep. you to recognize that I need you to ask me that. That's important. Very much so. And it, 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 takes, it takes a little bit of time to step out of your bubble, especially, especially the people that are introverts, which, which are, oddly are a lot of people I didn't realize that you may have to step outside that bubble to be like, just to kind of say, Hey, what's up? How you doing today? Type thing. Absolutely. Um, but once you do that, you know, 
you'd be surprised the doors that it opens. I, you know, that's a fun conversation, right? I just wrote that down. Step outside your bubble. I, I think though, you know, I think it's easy to classify people as introverts and then, and then let them get away with that. Yeah. I think it's horse shit. A lot of it. I agree. Perfect. I think people are too wrapped up in their own shit and they blame it on being an introvert instead of just not caring about somebody else. I, I agree a hundred percent. I'm like, you could carry, and that's one of my pet peeves. And I, this is going to crucify me a little bit, but you could carry so much shit with you. And everybody's gonna be like, all right, he, he has, he always has this bag of shit, but then like, there's a point where it's like, all right, man, quit leaning on this bag of shit that you keep carrying with you. What the, like, what the hell? I agree. Like, get, get out of your own way. Let's, let's be, let's be friends. We can do this. Like we can be friends. You know, so it may not be like the stepbrother friends, but we could be close enough. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, but yeah, I, it's I, don't, easy. I don't like people using that as a crutch. It's and easy to make excuses, bro. It, it which sucks. We all which do sucks. it. We all yeah, do it, wrong. right? The easiest way wrong. to, you know, when we don't feel up to the task, what do we do? We make an excuse. Absolutely. I do it. And you do it. Everybody oh. does it. It's just on what scale. Right? Yeah. It's human nature. Of course. Of course. You but, know. but we need to do better at it. And I don't believe the fire service is not a business for introverts. It's not. We need leaders. 100%. If you're an introvert, I'm very challenged to believe that you're going to be able to act in the in the aggressive manner we need you to. Maybe alone. Maybe going to the rear and taking care of something yourself if you're an introvert. And yeah. so, like, I, I just, I, I, listen, I could be totally off the mark with this. And if you're a, a registered psychologist or, or a psych, <laughs> psychiatrist, right, like, I might be totally off the mark, right? I'm just talking from what I believe, um, but not from a scientific point of view of really truly understanding and knowing what an introvert is. All I'm saying is we need, we need people that can have conversations, that can take charge, that can go forward and get out of their own way and 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 not be so self-centered in their own shit that they can't worry about everybody else's shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know... I think you, I'm going to get in trouble for that one, bro. <laughs> you and me both. We, <laughs> we, had that, we had that nice long conversation how well things are going, and now it's like, oh, that guy... Jerry Dodge, he's gone now. Where no, listen, man. Listen, you know, here's the here's the one thing about about all of this, right? Is like I might not that's my opinion, and I'm allowed to have it, yep. and you're allowed to Absolutely. disagree with me, but let's talk about common ground. And if somebody knows better than I do, I'm the first one that's gonna listen. I'm the first 100%. one that's gonna say, listen, educate me then. I'm sorry for what I said, but that's all I know. And I can only form an opinion on what I know, right? And so yes. if there's if there's more to it and I'm not coming forth in in an accurate you know light then educate me so yeah. i know going forward but i have to be open minded to listen to somebody else's point of view yes and what and you you funny you say that one of my he's he's become a very very good friend almost a best friend to me um i met him in recruit school he came up to me first day out of it and he has he he's like i think i'm going to be a fireman today literally and we joke about it, but he comes to me and goes, hey, man, I don't know what I don't know, and you need to teach me everything I don't know, so don't get me killed today, and I look forward to learning from you. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot on your plate, but but if you think about it, I, he doesn't know what he doesn't know, and if you take that that conversation every day and you make your own opinion like we just talked about, that's your opinion. But if, if I'm saying something wrong, well, I didn't know that. 
but now that I can be educated, you know, I'll know that from now from now on. Thanks 100%. for educating me on that. Hundred so, percent. How can we hold somebody responsible for something they don't know? So then absolutely. we so then we have to do a better job at teaching and educating. And, and uh, yeah. And that's one of the things there's a quote, if you don't mind me do going it. off the key for a little bit. There's no, a quote good. that I have in one of my presentations, and I'm gonna paraphrase a little bit. I don't have it up right now, but I think I've got it down. Is um it's the senior man didn't become an officer or a chief because they couldn't make the grade. Uh they're in the grade all by themselves they can't obtain their wealth or knowledge from books but they can they but they learned it by experiencing it and you have to listen when they talk so that's one of the quotes that kind of sticks with me that i found somewhere in during my research or class or something like that but the author's unknown but just by doing that when you sit back and listen it kind of culminates everything we've talked about is just sit back and listen and have that empathy have that communication the two-way communication, it's a two-way street that that you're going to be successful in the fire service, no matter if you're the, the junior guy in the firehouse or the senior guy or the chief of the department. You know, that two-way conversation of listening and communicating and not only just listening to listen, but listening to hear where they're coming from is what we need to be doing. I love that. And That's good. And I think I think that's what uh, what is going to be successful, what success in the fire service as a senior man will be is just being open open listening, open communication, being knowledgeable of your craft and being the go-to guy for everybody. So, yeah. And, and with that, I mean, it's, it's very well said and I, I believe it. And I think that it's a position that needs to be in the forefront of every firehouse, whether career or volunteer, there has to be somebody there that is the informal leader. That is the glue in which that company culture is based around and they are a steward and protector of those that came before, and those are the ones that are the movers and shakers that are making sure they're protecting the integrity of the job, plain and simple. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, excellent. It's huge. That's way it. Yeah, it's really I'm, good, man. I'm actually writing that one down. I'm gonna steal that one from you. Yeah, you down. can steal it, but you gotta quote me though. All right, you oh, got hundred percent. I've got it. I've got it written down. And I'd be like, it, that's that big mouth from it. National Fire Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I love no it, man. Way. Well, this, this is this great. is a great, great conversation tonight um, because it's a topic that I'm pretty passionate about. And I let you run. I mean, I, I spoke probably too much, but I let you run with it because it's it's your topic in, in your class. But, man, I speak about this, too. Um, and I have some really heavy opinions about some of this. And I, I you know, I didn't really go down all those holes tonight um, on my points of view because I really wanted to feel where you were coming from and, and get a sense of your program and. Frankly, I think it's a great program. I think that this topic it. is important, um, and I think that we have an obligation, um, you know, because part of the problem is, is I think a lot of firehouses don't have somebody in that position anymore. And, um, you know, there's a lot of growth in the fire service, a lot of new firehouses opening. And, you know, we talk about how do you, you know, grow, grow your culture organically. It takes time. But when you have a new firehouse opening in these urban sprawl areas or suburban sprawl, rural sprawl, and these fire districts, I know in Texas, like the ESDs are expanding so fast that like, there is no culture in that firehouse. Right. And so I believe, go ahead. And I believe you spoke on that with somebody recently yeah. I, either that or it was your podcast i think somebody from washington they could have been they're growing they're growing so oh fast yeah um yeah uh, um, uh god uh, uh yes him are you kidding me right now 
God. Hold on. I can look it up. JP. Um, JP. Yeah. Sokolowski. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah. that's exactly what it was. Thank you. God. And 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 he was talking about I, he was talking about how fast they're growing, and I believe you guys got on that building the culture thing. Right. And and you know and like you said, if you don't have that person, that person's not established. You're just kind of like a sinking ship out there in the middle of this ocean. Of, of just like, I don't know where to go. Well, somebody and, somebody in that situation has to step up and protect the integrity yeah. of the company and the job. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that, like we said, it's not longevity, right? It's, it's senior. It's who steps up into that informal role. Who are people looking towards when the shit hits the fan? Who are people, yep. you know, who's the boss looking at when he needs to motivate the crew to get something done? Right. Who who's that guy or girl that everybody goes to from the bottom up and the top down to make shit happen? And that is the person that is your senior man. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Agree. One hundred percent. But yeah, it's it's that. And again, you could you can be that person. You could be that person or someone's going to put you in that spot. So, you know, step up. You'll figure it out. If you're doing the wrong thing, you're doing the wrong thing, but someone's going to tell you you're doing the wrong thing, then don't do that again. That's right. Absolutely. Keep moving forward. And learn from your mistakes and be humble enough to understand that we all make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes on the fire ground. We're all going to make mistakes in life. We're all going to make mistakes, you know, in the firehouse. And so accept the fact that you're going to make a mistake and learn from it. Because if you choose not to, you're not going to move forward. A thousand percent. Own your mistakes. That's the best. I love messing up every day, so that way I'm like, Makes me look like Kennedy. Be like, hey, don't do this next time, just so we all know. You know, everybody says that. I hate messing. I hate making errors. I hate messing up. But I do it all the time, and you have to learn from it. But, yeah, I agree with you. I'll sit there for three days afterwards and be like, man, I really should have done that. And, yeah, it'll weigh on me for a while, but. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I've learned to cut my losses and move on. So, you know, I, with my schedule and the craziness that I, if I dwell, I would be, uh, I'd be in trouble. So, yeah. but Jess, yeah. I have to say this, man, great topic tonight. Great conversation. I'm so glad that Andy introduced us and, uh, and put this together. Um, I'm glad I got to know you tonight. We really didn't know each other prior to this call, uh, prior to yeah. this episode. So it was a lot of fun to, uh, talk with you tonight and, uh, I wish you the best with your career as a captain in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I'm sure you got a few more years with those young kids. So keep plugging away, man. Keep pushing, making this job better, and good luck with the class. The senior man, the informal leader of the firehouse, man. Good luck with your class. I I wish you the best. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Have a great night. Yeah, man. Where can people find you if they want to reach out anywhere they can Uh, uh, get a hold of you? Yep. On Instagram, all the the social media is Instagram, Facebook. um, Cool. That's what I have. I don't have any like websites or anything cool like that, but just reach out on, on those two platforms, shoot me a message. Um, love to talk, love to share. It's yeah. not, none of the stuff is mine. I love passing out the information. Um, I love so, it. Good yeah. deal. Well, Jess, thank you very much for joining me, man. Stay right here. I'm going to sign off the podcast. I'll come right back to you. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Everyone. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the national fire radio podcast. The senior man, the informal leader of the firehouse, Jess Rodzinka, fantastic brother out of Charlottesville, Virginia, talking about the senior man tonight. I thought it was a great conversation, good back and forth. I'm glad to bring that and be able to present that to all of you, our community and National Fire Radio podcast world. 
If you're interested in reaching out to us, podcast at nationalfireradio.com. Send us an email, man. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to start doing a call-out show. So send us your questions and ideas via the podcast uh, email, podcast at nationalfireradio.com is the email address. Send us an email, and uh, we'll follow up with you, man. We're, we're looking forward to uh, putting together some uh, live call shows, things like that. So we'd love to hear from you, topics or uh, ideas for the show as well as just thoughts about the podcast. Um, we appreciate any feedback. We appreciate the kind words that we get. Um, means the world, man. The, uh, myself and the crew, we're working hard at putting this together, and uh, we're very proud of the content and the people that we're talking with and the content we're putting out. So thanks for the support. We appreciate you all. Take the conversation about the senior man tonight and take it back to the firehouse and talk about it. Because as we're talking about the job, we are making the job better. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio.